This is Conquering Columbus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike, here. And today on the show, Josh and I are interviewing Jay Amstutz, president of Ohio Power Tool. Ohio Power Tool is a family business that's been around since 1983, and Jay joined the family business in early 2008. Towards the beginning of the show, Jay and I found out we both started our careers the same way, selling copiers of all things. So my stepdad had a copier company out there. He's like, yeah, okay, just come here, work for me. 99% of the time, they nobody cares about a copier. Mm-hmm. 1% of the time, they need it, and they need it like right then. So ended up doing that for a little while, and then came into the family business, helped my parents for a few years, and then that's kind of my segue into saying, hey, this is a really good opportunity here. I'm going to take my expertise and help the family and go full-time on Ohio Power Tool. Later, we talk about how Ohio Power Tool has expanded over time by listening to customers and adding products and brands based on what their clients ask them for. Talking to our existing customers, it was an opportunity in the space where they were getting different apparel items for the job site and boots. Talking about our name, Ohio Power Tool, first thing you're not going to think of is work boots. So we actually added Trade Pro Outfitters as a secondary brand, mm-hmm. and we've kind of been building that out. We've brought in work boots. So we have Rocky, Georgia, Keen, and going after companies to do a boot program with us. That came out of companies that we work with selling the power tools saying, you know, I wish we had a good boot program like we used to have. We've been working on that for about a year. We're getting real close. We wrap up the show talking about some advice from Jay for people thinking of making the leap to entrepreneurship. Going to the family business, yes, it wasn't kind of a startup. It wasn't brand new, but it was a very small company at the time. And I took a big pay cut to do it. And then at that point, was working, you know, till nine or 10 o'clock sometimes, you know, manually adding products. It was not a fun use of my time. I knew it was going to eventually grow and be worth a lot more for me. So the payoff was going to be years down the road. And Mm -hmm. now I feel like there's something here that I've built for my whole family. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, get started now and figure out how to make it work. I was doing that when I was still working full time somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) Josh and I had a lot of fun talking with Jay. We hope you enjoy this interview as well. That's a wrap on this intro. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike. Josh is over there sipping on his liquid death. What's going on, Josh? Not much. Uh, it was a good holiday weekend. Went kayaking, which was cool. Watched fireworks, went to the crew game. Yeah, actually, inside knowledge on Josh's kayaking trip, Shannon and I were talking and she goes, oh my gosh, you got to look at this. Josh was wearing long socks on his kayaking trip, which is a very interesting choice. Yeah, Can you walk called, me through why you chose called, well, long it's socks? Style. It's called style while you kayak. You would know nothing about that. You know, But also, like, you know what, Mike? <laughs> Some of them said skinny ankles. And that's fair. But that's enough about Josh's ankles. Let's go ahead and introduce our guest for today. So joining us today on the show, we We've got Jay Amstutz, and he is the president of Ohio Power Tool. Ohio Power Tool has been in business since 1983, and Jay joined the team as vice president in 2008. Since becoming president in 2015, he's been focusing on expanding their influence in the Ohio region while simultaneously working to build their online presence and sales. Super excited to have Jay on the show to talk about Ohio Power Tool and what the future looks like for him and his team. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Jay. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. And kind of one of the first places we like to start is just get a little background on yourself, your story, kind of how you got to where you are today. So if you want to go as far back as have you always lived in Columbus? Oh, yeah. Well, I grew up in Columbus. I briefly left for a little while to go to California mm-hmm. and sold copiers. What were you doing out there? Oh, copiers. Oh, yeah. I sold copiers for a Copier little bit. sales is fun. Yeah. It's just real fun. Oh, yeah. One of the best. How'd <laughs> so, you get into copiers in well, California so I, of all places? So my stepdad had a copier company out there. He's like, okay. yeah, okay, just come here and work for me. You'll sell copiers. Oh, yeah. You build up a business. If you can sell copiers, you can sell anything. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. 
That's I a mean, fact. 99% of the time, they nobody cares about a copier. Mm-hmm. 1% of the time, they need it, and they need it like right then. Yeah. So the, the surprising thing to me about the copier industry, before I go too far on a tangent, was churches love oh, yeah. copiers, man. Like one of the biggest buyers of copiers <laughs> in the world, but... Yeah, yeah, it was. Sorry. Yeah, there was some random yeah. like, oh, we need six copiers. Why does the church need six copiers? Yeah, who knows? But OK, so sound copiers in California and then came back, came back, went to school for marketing, OSU, mm-hmm. uh, very interested in kind of e-commerce, SEO, mm-hmm. didn't learn a ton about it in college. I mean, they definitely mentioned it, talked about it, but nobody really taught you SEO. It was kind of the wild, wild west and, you know, early 2000s. So ended up doing that for a little while and then Came into the family business, helped my parents for a few years, kind of not full time there. And then that's kind of my segue into saying, hey, this is a really good opportunity here. I'm going to take my expertise and help the family and go full time on a higher So when you said that you spent some time in kind of the digital realm and SEO and maybe even mentioned digital marketing there, mm-hmm. did you start your own thing and take the entrepreneurship route there? Were you working underneath somebody else and learning the ropes? I was working for somebody else, which was a really smart way to go because I was learning and losing money on other people's time. Mm-hmm. I knew some stuff at that time, but I learned a lot more kind of working, seeing all the different size of businesses, different types of businesses, everything worked completely differently. So a uh, law firm worked differently than a real estate, worked differently than pet supplies. So it was really good experience for that. Yeah. And when it comes to like a family run business, you know, sometimes when kids are young, they work in the business or really tied into it. And sometimes, you know, parents like to keep them out of it. Were Mm -hmm. you more involved? Were you at the shop a lot? Like growing up, did you see that side of the business or were you more? Yeah. So growing up, I have two older brothers and a younger sister. So all of us had worked there at one point or another. And my parents said, none of you are allowed to work in this business. You all have to go get real jobs. You're not going to get out of school and, mm-hmm. and be given a job. It just worked out for me to come back because I saw an opportunity there. And they were like, sure, okay. You've gone out in the world. You've done some things. Now you can take that here. And when you look back on the SEO and the marketing experience and that prepping you to step in and help your parents kind of take the exit out and succession planning, what exactly did you learn that was revealing? Because especially for a small business, you're normally a really good practitioner and you're good at the craft and typically a person who's good at leading people and people want to start following you. But actually understanding sales and marketing and the digital realm and the technology. It's a little bit of a black box I've found for some owners of businesses your size. And so what was that experience like? At that time, especially, it was the wild, wild west. But even now, I mean, any technology or any kind of marketing, there's so much money that you kind of spend to learn how it works and figure out the little tweaks and nuances that's going to get you profitable. Now, when I see any new platform, I'm like, let's spend $500 and just see how this thing works and, you know, see if we learn anything, see if we can figure some stuff out. But at the time, if I had come in and just tried to figure it out with my parents' money, they would have been like, get out of here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Right. So talk to me a little bit about that transitionary period before you got there. What was Ohio Power Tool like and what did you see that you felt like, hey, I could have an impact. We could have a return if we focused on this area. Yeah. So when I was working for different companies, basically the more kind of less you know, exciting the business, the more opportunity there was. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest clients that we worked with was janitorial supplies. It was like the world was your oyster. You'd pretty much dominate. But if you're trying to sell web hosting or you're trying to sell electronics or something, it was completely saturated. So that was when I was like, okay, what is the the world of power tools look like. It was kind of in the middle, Mm -hmm. but there was also a lot of products that they sold that had no competition. So starting to do Google AdWords and stuff like that, it was super cheap at the time. You could get keywords for nothing. Not so much anymore. Yeah, not, not anything anymore, so... Go back maybe and to talk about the company in general 
as much as you can explain about the creation story and how you've evolved over the years and what the company is today would be helpful to our audience who, who might sure. not have a deep understanding. So my dad was a rep for Ingersoll Rand, and then he had a customer who was basically a tool repair business. So he wanted to get off the road, was traveling five states. He said, this is a good opportunity. I'll buy this company. So for the first 10, 15 years, it was almost exclusively tool repair. So it was a very kind of, we're going to fix stuff. Things at that time had 30-day warranties, 90-day warranties. They were an investment. Now it's a lot more shifted away. There's five-year warranties and stuff's kind of throw away. So we still do a lot of repair, but that was kind of the genesis of Ohio Power Tool. He was very much a sales guy. So he had built up some local business with some other customers just doing new tool sales. But when I got involved, my mom had built a website. She was running it. It was there, but this is early 2000s. There wasn't a mm -hmm. lot of construction companies going online to buy power tools. So it was kind of its separate thing from all of our local customers. They were like, yeah, you got a website. Cool. Don't really care. I'm going to call. And the segmentation for you guys, so like the everyday consumer who wants a power tool, you got your Home Depots and your Lowe's and your Amazons you're going to go to. And for you guys, you really focus on that industrial commercial customer segment where you can buy in bulk. And I mean, like what advantages would they have of coming to someone like Ohio Power Tool versus going to one of the other big box stores that are out there? So we really try and focus on finding those products that are just a little bit above Home Depot or Lowe's where, you know, you're going to get more just tradespeople. We do do a lot of crossover with Home Depot and Amazon and all that stuff you can find anywhere now. But you know, there's different technologies and tools. So there's brush tools and brushless tools and just staying away from like the cheap brush stuff. It's 99 bucks on sale. You know, you'll find it at the end caps and stuff. Just focus on the professional stuff where it's the better technology, focusing on the tradespeople and then guys that want to get really good stuff. If they're working at home and they want to get really good tools, then we'll cater to those guys as well because we have all the products. Yeah. Name Ohio Power Tool, right? Yeah. Most of your clients in Ohio then at that point, or at least the commercial clients? At that point, yeah. A lot of it was based locally. Mm -hmm. So really 270 plus 25 miles or something. Yeah. That was kind of the opportunity. So started helping out 2006, nights and weekends kind of stuff, working with my mom. And we kind of built it up because at that point I couldn't even have gotten equal pay mm -hmm. from what I was doing. So we kind of built it up to the point where I was like, all right, now come on full time. Yeah. And so then there was an opportunity there. And then at that point, it was just me full speed ahead. I was, you know, adding all the products. Mm -hmm. I was processing all the web orders. I was doing all this stuff. Yeah. And is everything coming through your inventory, like everything on your site that you order? Or is there times where you guys are sourcing it and then shipping it and it never hits your warehouse? There's a mix there. You know, a lot of stuff was intended to have it mm -hmm. or kind of fake it till you make it sort of, you know, drop ship it until, mm -hmm. you know, if we can sell some, then we'll start stocking it. Yeah. But it was always to kind of promote it so that we could have more inventory locally. Yeah, that actually triggers something in my head. So earlier, before the interview, you and I were talking a little bit about kind of where we're at with COVID and all that. But there's something that came along with COVID, which I imagine would be a pretty big challenge for your team, which is the supply chain issues that we're seeing not only today, but we've been seeing for a while. How has that impacted your business? And what have you guys been doing about that? I mean, that's been a struggle. When COVID hit, it was all the manufacturers had a ton of inventory and mm -hmm. they were kind of panicking. Like, what am I going to do with all this inventory? So we had some pretty great opportunities there, especially being online. We could just sell it you know, drop ship it. Everyone was super excited to have our business. And then after a few months, pretty quickly, it was like, we don't have any inventory for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then it was, this is going to take three months. This is going to take six months. We've been ramping up our inventory a lot. So we're kind of at an uncomfortable place right now where we have a lot of inventory just because we don't know when stuff's coming. So we better have more inventory in-house and they're not sure when stuff's coming. So mm -hmm. they don't know when the boat's getting unloaded. 
And outside of supply issues or supply chain issues, what have been the other biggest challenges of scaling and growing the business so far? Uh, just in general, I mean, just trying to have a steady growth pace. So we're, you know, hiring and growing at a consistent pace. We moved into the building. We were actually over uh, where Moto Yoga is. That mm-hmm. was our original store. It was like less than 8,000 square feet. And we we're trying to do all this stuff out of this teeny little store or warehouses where you can do yoga now. So that's not a ton of space to bring a bunch of miter saws in or, mm-hmm. you know, big equipment. So we really had some struggles there, but we've moved and have a much bigger space now. So yeah. And how has the team changed in that time? So I think when I originally started, it was eight or nine people. Mm-hmm. So I was the youngest one by probably 30 years. Yep. So now we have a much different team. We have several interns right now. We have kind of a much wider range of ages and everything's broken up into departments now. So people have kind of their own responsibilities where when you have, you know, eight people, it's you're doing everything. Mm -hmm. You better learn how to answer the phones. You better know how to, you know, do refunds and all that fun stuff. So has that change been recent or has that been a change that's kind of been going on for a while and has built up as you've kind of taken the helm? It's been pretty gradual. Definitely run a different managerial style than my father, Mm -hmm. who was kind of a there's me and then everyone's straight line below that. Trying to get things and trying to change the whole, you know, culture of the company to be kind of more departments, take ownership of your own stuff. Yeah. It's been a shift, but, it, you know, it's come along. It's taken several years, mm-hmm. but I think we're much closer to that than we started for sure. Hey, everybody. Mike here. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus. And we are very excited to partner with One Columbus. They really, really share the same vision as us here at the Conquering Columbus podcast, which is really building up the Columbus region to be one of the most prosperous regions in the United States. And One Columbus serves as the business location resource for companies across central Ohio and around the world as those companies grow, innovate, and compete within the global economy. And they help us lead a regional growth strategy that develops and attracts the world's most competitive companies, grows a highly adaptive workforce, and prepares our communities for the future, inspiring innovation across the board. Their mission really is just ensuring the Columbus region is a vibrant place to build businesses and careers. So again, we really appreciate all of their support. You want to learn more about them, go check out their website, columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back into the episode. What does the future look like for you guys in terms of will you expand and open the breadth of products and services that you're offering to your customer base currently? Or do you just want to continue steady down and keep the business the way it is, but grow at the pace it's been growing, continuing moving forward? I mean, we've been growing, you know, 20 to 25 percent a year on average, basically since 2008, which has been kind of hard to maintain, you know, a good growth rate. But we're definitely looking for opportunities where we can expand. And I don't know if that's geographically or if that's into different businesses to support our current customers. We constantly are adding new products, new services. But that is the challenge, you know, that we're constantly kind of looking at. And what does that breadth of products and services look like today? Like the product standpoint, obviously a larger array, I assume, of those kind of aficionado tools that you focus on that high end, that upper class where people actually know what they're doing and talking about and they come in and they're looking for it. Are there other services outside of that or other products outside of that you're now starting to offer? Yeah. So we're always looking for a way to grow strategically. We're not trying to, a lot of the private equity companies just come in and want a big map, say, hey, we want to be in Cincinnati, I want to be in Cleveland, not knowing whether that's needed there. One of the things that we found talking to our existing customers, it was an opportunity that kind of opened up in the space where they were getting kind of different apparel items for the job site and boots, boots program. So talking about our name, Ohio Power Tool, first thing you're not going to think of is work boots. Mm -hmm. So we actually 
added Trade Pro Outfitters as a kind of secondary brand. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of been building that out. But we've brought in work boots. So we have Rocky, Georgia, Keen, some other names, Steel Toe kind of boots. And going after companies to do a boot program with us. So that came out of companies that we work with selling power tools saying, you know, I wish we had a good boot program like we used to have. We don't have that anymore. The company got bought. So can you do that? And us, you know, kind of saying, well, opportunities there. We've been mm-hmm. working on that for about a year. We're, we're getting real close. And with those different brands and manufacturers that you're partnered with, do you get exclusive rights to any territories or is it free for all? Not really. It's kind of a free for all. There are certain brands, but it's not like you think of with certain things that are very protected, like a car dealership or something. There's only so many per population. They don't do that. I mean, it's pretty much you want to sell this brand of tools. Assuming you're the right size and everything, you could pretty much anyone can add it. As you guys are trying to grow, it's got to be a difficult business from a standpoint of think about your inventory unless you're dropshipping everything. You got to think about being able to have a customer acquisition cost that's competitive, given the fact that there's not a whole lot of barriers on all sides. And so you really got to create a strong brand for yourself and be good with the SEO and the digital presence. Have you guys done anything else from a go-to-market standpoint outside of the SEO and the digital? Like, do you have reps out there that are building relationship with these contractors and things like that, trying to get the brand out? Yeah. And to add to Josh's question, how does your team differentiate yourselves from other similar providers? I understand the differentiation from, say, a Home Depot or Lowe's, but like when it comes to competition, because I imagine there's quite a few vendors they could choose from, how do you guys go about differentiating yourselves in that go-to-market? I mean, we do have have four sales guys out in the field every day, but you know, do things. We rent tools, we sell tools, or we repair tools. A lot of the companies that were kind of local, family-owned businesses have been acquired by larger companies, and they either don't do it locally or they send it out to their main hub, wherever that might be. I mean, there's a lot of change when companies get acquired. It's good for us and bad for us. I mean, we try and look at it as a positive that our competitors are now kind of these national Mm -hmm. private equity companies, and then those get bought by other private equity companies. So constant change in uh, business models and strategies and things like that. We've tried to remain consistent, provide what customers want, not dictate this is the way we do it. Let's say, what do you need from us? Mm-hmm. This is the software you're using. This is the way you want us to do it. We'll do it that way. Work with them. So it sounds like flexibility and that local presence are really kind of what drives the value for your team when it comes to like talking to customers out in the field and like trying to sell someone on. Hopefully. And using you guys. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. We'll see if it works. <laughs> yeah. And it's been working so far. Yeah. Absolutely. Coming back to your role, right? Your role has grown and you guys built out of these departments. Has it been tough for you to delegate some of the stuff? I mean, are you still in the weeds on things like SEO or are you kind of taking a more of a backseat on those things these days? Yeah, definitely had to build out kind of a team to do e-commerce and marketing, which is a really good team now. I still am very involved kind of mm-hmm. in all of that and it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. So things that we were doing five years ago, three years ago, don't work anymore. So if you kind of take a rest on that and say, oh, I hired it done three years ago, it's worthless now. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You got to stay on top of all that. But yeah, my roles changed greatly because in the beginning, I was exclusively just focused on building a website and doing online marketing. And then it kind of slowly took over piece by piece, different areas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now I'm kind of in charge of everything. So have to meet with the sales guys, have to meet with purchasing, accounting, all areas. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, you mentioned that adding kind of different brands or adding different products and different lines of business, right? That are very different from what you guys did originally. It seems like you're looking at it as a leader of the company or you're thinking scaling opportunity, you know, taking opportunities where you can. Do you have a long-term vision? Is there something you're trying to reach for? 
or is it, hey, when we see an opportunity, we'll take it, but we've got this big number in mind. We're not trying to get to a certain point. Like, What's the long-term vision for you? Our focus is Central Ohio, so we're trying to stay Central Ohio focused. The web has grown you know, naturally. There's more people shifting to wanting to do business online. So that's been a benefit for us. There's also a lot more just technology involved. Mm-hmm. So we can leverage our website to do that. So even local customers that just want to know what their price is, how much inventory is in stock, all that stuff, they can use our website mm-hmm. locally say, hey, do you have this? Okay, great. I'll come get it, pick up in store or have our sales guys bring it to them. What about the future of the business? It's been in the family for a good amount of years now. Do you see yourself sticking around long enough to hand it down to your kids? Are they interested in it? What do you think the path for looks like for the company overall? So I have two girls, they're three and six. I don't know that I'll be around uh, for 20 whatever years it would mm-hmm. take to get them involved. Definitely plan to be around doing Ohio Power Tool for a long time. Hopefully this is kind of my end game. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. They're probably a little young to decide if they're interested in the business or not at this point. They, yeah, they'd love coming in. It's really fun to take them into work. Mm-hmm. They'd love to go to work with me, but that lasts for about an hour. Yeah. Then, then I also like, imagine you got to keep a pretty close eye on a six-year-old and a you yeah. said six and three yeah. in a power tool store. Yeah. Probably can't let them wander yeah. off <laughs> too often. Jay, I think it's a good place to kind of head towards some of our last questions of the show. And, you know, one of them is, do you have any advice for our listeners out there? So a lot of them are considering about starting their own businesses or want to get involved and own their own businesses at some point and being involved with a family that's owned a business for a while and now kind of mm-hmm. running it yourself. Curious what advice you would have for people who are thinking about taking that leap? I would say if you can bet on yourself, that's always great. That's kind of what, you know, going to the family business Yes, it wasn't kind of a startup. It wasn't brand new, but it Mm -hmm. was a very small company at the time. And I took a big pay cut to do it. And then at that point was working, you know, till nine or 10 o'clock sometimes, you know, manually adding products. It was not a fun use of my time. But I mean, yeah, I knew it was going to eventually grow and be worth a lot more for me. So the payoff was going to be years down the road. And Mm -hmm. now I feel like there's something here that I've built and, you know, for my whole family, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, get started now and figure out how to make it work. And I was doing that when I was still working full time somewhere else. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find a way and get it so, done. Yep. I like it. I like it. Judge, you got any other questions before we head for our last one? Nope. That's all I got. All right. Well, our last question of the show, Jay, centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, and that is live uncomfortably. And without telling you too much about why we chose that for a show about entrepreneurs and business owners, <laughs> what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career? Kind of going into that, knowing the theme kind of headed into that. I mean, that was very uncomfortable when I started doing that, you know, I was working somewhere else and then doing this at night. But I mean, when I think of living comfortably or always pushing yourself, traveling cheap outside of the country or doing things that are uncomfortable is typically what leads to where you're the happiest. Mm -hmm. You know, you go and the best memories are going to come from trying something new, getting out there. And even if it stinks, whatever. I mean, it's still a good experience and that's the stuff that you'll remember later on. So yeah. I like it. Seems like a good way to base a show off of. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, Jay, thanks so much for joining us, telling your story. Talk about Ohio Power Tool. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me out. Yeah. And Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. That was Jay Amstutz of Ohio Power Tool. If you want to learn more about Ohio Power Tool and his team, go ahead and head to OhioPowerTool.com. OhioPowerTool.com. If you like that interview, you want to hear more just like it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on. It also helps support us. So we appreciate all your support. We'll talk to you next week.